0: Welcome to StrikeDeck Radio, a podcast focused on customer success and the leaders who are implementing best practices in our field. This podcast is brought to you by StrikeDeck, a Medallia company, and the Success League. StrikeDeck is a customer success automation platform that helps CSMs effectively manage their customer relationships. The StrikeDeck solution enables churn prevention, upsells, and customer advocacy. They use machine learning and predictive analytics to bubble up insights and alerts about customer health, sentiment, and engagement. The Success League is a consulting firm focused on customer success. We work with executives who are ready to build and develop a top-performing customer success team that drives retention and revenue for their organization. We also offer certification program for CSMs and coaching for customer success leaders. For more information, you can visit our website at thesuccessleague.io. My name is Kristen Hayer, and I'm the host of Strike Deck Radio and the founder and CEO of The Success League. I'm joined today by Gaines Murphy, the head of customer success for Chili Piper. Gaines has a background in product development as well as customer success, and for a period of time served as an account executive product manager, and now as the head of customer success for Chili Piper. Since shifting to a 100% focus on customer success, he has applied his product lens to many of the processes on his team, driving significant improvements both internally and for customers. So today, Gain will be sharing his ideas and approach. Thanks so much for joining me on the podcast.
1: All right. Thank you, Kristen. Appreciate it. Looking forward to it.
0: You had a pretty windy path into customer success. Can you tell me more about your career path and how you landed in our field?
1: Uh, Yeah, for sure. So um, I got a degree in college from, um, well, with information systems and mathematics, which doesn't necessarily take you straight into customer success, but um, out of school, I got a a job in in the SaaS world as an SDR um, at Marketo. And um, yeah, so, as an SDR, going into the SaaS world, that was kind of lucky for me. I didn't realize at the time, but going directly into SaaS, not you know taking a roundabout path to get there was was really helpful. Um, but after about six months of doing that, I um, all of a sudden started, I got an offer to work with the customer base for do, doing sales there. And that was kind of my first step into working with customers. I realized okay. I loved it. And then about a year after that, I, I became a customer success manager at Marketo. And then... Um, that's how I really stepped into customer success. I eventually came to Chili Piper and did a couple things here, but then found myself back in customer success once again. So, um, yeah, a little bit of a roundabout, done the, the sales, the product thing, but um, I find that I really like working with customers. So that's why I stuck Very around. cool.
0: Tell me a little bit more about Chili Piper. What does the company do, and, and how does your customer success team, how are you organized right now?
1: Sure. Um, so Chili Piper is easiest way is a scheduling automation company. Um, we you know, really try to apply the ease of use for consumer technology to the B2B SaaS world, especially for sales teams and CS teams is what we kind of focus on um, mm-hmm. and trying to make it simple and easy to do tasks that are usually manual. Um, and so take, take the workload off of the reps. Um, yeah, we're, we're, I started it when I was like the eighth employee in 2017. We're about about 40 now, so we're growing pretty quick. Nice. Um, yeah, and so the customer success team has evolved as as you can imagine as as we've scaled out, and you know we it's always being iterated and we're improving it as we as we go on as we see uh, the need to grow. But right now, our customer success team, um, I guess the umbrella of customer success, we have um, the CS team, which is you know the the really the Face of working with the customers and onboarding and things like that. There's, mm-hmm. there's three, there's three of us. Um, so I, that's the team I run. And yeah, so we also have a, a support team as well as an account management team. Um, you know, we could probably go into that a little bit more about how we kind of um, manage the customer communications and relationships with the account managers versus the customer success, because um, that's always a fun conversation to have. But yeah, from a high level, that's that's how we're structured um, on Sounds the team. Good. Yeah.
0: Um, we're going to be talking about some of the product-oriented tactics you've applied to your customer success organization. But before we do that, can you share your perspective on how product and customer success teams are related and why it's so important that they have an effective working relationship?
1: Yes, that's a, that's a great question. Um, I mean, I think they're very, very, very closely tied together. You could make the same argument or similar argument for product and sales as well, but um, you know... Your customers are ultimately the one, especially in the SaaS world that we live in, that are using the product. And, you know, if you can't make the product work well for them, you can't make them happy and you can't help them renew, which is you know our ultimate you know goal to renew and expand our, our customers and make them happy and be advocates. Um, I think with the customer success in general, I think everybody struggles with this. There's a lot of noise. You know, you're going to have your bugs. You're going to have people who um, are louder than others about what they want. And so, you know, I think being able to help product filter out some of that noise and really prioritize, okay, of all of these things we need to do, you know, which ones do we really need to do? So for example, we have a, a weekly product support meeting where with our co-founders and our, our support person and our sysadmin and myself where we basically go through customer items. Um and really talk about okay which ones really are going to impact the business which ones are going to impact the most customers and you know which ones we really need to prioritize here as well so being able to take all the noise from customer success and kind of clean that up a little bit and give it to the product team so that they can make the right decisions on you know how to prioritize the next sprint or you know the roadmap looking forward so
0: yeah i i think it's it's like you said, an area that a lot of CS teams kind of struggle with. So I'm interested to hear some of the tactics that you employ to help with that. Um, As we were talking ahead of the interview, I found your approach to process design really interesting. It seems like many of the new processes you've introduced to your team came out of your frustration with something not working, and then you creative Creatively, kind of solving that problem with technology. It's a very product style approach. Can you share any methodology that you follow for problem solving, or your general approach to tackling frustrating issues?
1: Yep, um, for sure. So I think that we, at Chili Piper, we kind of stole what Jeff Bezos at Amazon kind of, uh, I guess, came up with. Uh, but the whole idea of documenting what your problem is, you know, writing a brief about it, in a sense yeah. that you can. Clearly outline and identify first and foremost what your problem statement is. Like, what am I trying to do? What am I trying to solve for? Um, You know, do I even need to solve for this? But but like, here's why it's important that I solve for this, and here's exactly what I'm trying to do. Um, Second step after that, like you know, Google Docs or just a a document, just spit out your thought. Say, here's what, here's my problem. Here's what I'm trying to solve for. Um, The second step in the methodology is you know. Outline your potential options. Like, what 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 do I have available? Like, what i what could I do to solve this problem? Um, and then, kind of make some recommendations on. Okay, well, what's the best? What is the best way? And here's why uh, this one I think is better than this one to solve this problem. Which can then be shared among the product team, the customer success team. People can share their input, um, and then you can have a meeting to kind of decide on it. Once everybody's up to speed on an issue, I find that to be very, very, very helpful in regards to addressing addressing items from a product view um, on how you want to do something. Um, you mentioned in the question about how um, I was frustrated with something and creatively uh-huh. found uh, technology to do something. I have, a, I have kind of a good story about that. Um, uh, when I was a, a customer sales SDR at Marketo, right when I kind of joined in the to, to the C customer world, if you will, um, uh-huh. I was always noticing that the customer's who would be open to the, you know, talking about the new products that were were being built. And, you know, of course that there's, there's all these different things people could be using that they're not. Um, If the customers weren't happy, they didn't want to talk to me. They didn't want to talk to their customer success person. And they would quite frequently say, you know, I don't know who my customer success manager is. You guys um, are changing all the time. Your territories are changing. I never know who to talk to. So I was like, well, dang, well, how do I solve that problem? Because if I can make them happy and they can't, you know, complain about that. And if they didn't have that problem and felt supported as a customer um, more easily, then, you know, I could do a better job at, you know, generating new cross-sell or upsell opportunities, um, you know, because they're not frustrated and angry about stuff. So, um, I actually, this was right when, uh, Calendly came out, I think it was 2016, 2015. And so it was this new tool where you could have the scheduling link that, you know, you could use and everybody was starting to do it around the office. And I was like, well, this is so cool. And uh, so much easier than the back and forth of having to say, Hey, did these, one of these five times work for you? And, um, so I, I, I thought, what if we could put the, what if we could give each of the, one of the customer success reps, a Calendly, you know, link, But put it within the application so that there's some type of CTA within your user profile that says, hey, schedule an appointment with my customer success manager now. And have it automatically know who your CS owner was in Salesforce. And so that no matter if it changed or update or whatever in Salesforce, the customer can always have access, not just to support, but to customer success, Um, which I think is a lot of time what they were looking for. Yes, of course, you can do support. Everybody's got support. Um, But sometimes you need more of a strategic conversation, which customer success is great at. Um, so I actually went to one of our product managers at Marketo at the time and I was like, Hey, I had this idea. Can I, can I run it by you? Um, and so I basically outlined to him what I wanted to do. And then he writes me this book back about two weeks later after I followed up with him a couple of times and gives me four or five reasons why that's not possible and why it wouldn't work. And, you know, Mm -hmm. it kind of put, put me down, which, you know, I was in, I was an SDR at the time. People generally You know, don't listen to a lot of what sales reps have to say from the product product. front. As unfair as that may be, be yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. So, um, so I was just like, oh, that's a bummer. Um, I ended up, you know, I also reached out to the guy and asked him if I, you know, hey, I kind of like what you guys do in the product team. Like, can you tell me a little bit about that? And he ignored me and everything. And I was just like, all right, well, screw this. I'm done with this. Um, Uh But. But anyway, so that was something I always wanted to do. Um, and so now as a at Chili Piper and I was a product manager and we had a product that kind of does something similar to what Calendly does, with a little bit more Salesforce kind of connection to make stuff that like I wanted to do possible. And so, you know, once I kind of had the reins of the product manager role, I could make some decisions. Like I I said, let's, we're doing this in Chili Piper. Um, You know, and if if ever there's a customer who needs a meeting with me or someone from our CS team, I'm going to give them that ability to do so. Um, And so we just have a little button that's always in the footer. And I tell every customer on onboarding, hey, if you ever need me, there's a button right there. You can click on it and schedule a call with me. We even made an enhancement to it so that you can plug in a Zoom integration to it. So if I'm available right now and they need to talk to me, they can request to have an immediate Zoom meeting so they can have real-time conversations with me if they need it. Um, if I'm not free, they can schedule a call with me for tomorrow or next week. Um, and so, you know, that's that was the frustration I had and I wanted to make sure that in, uh, CS Teams because of all the territory shifts and stuff like that, you know, that shouldn't make the customer not happy. The customer right. should always be able to get help with who they need to get help with easily and quickly. They're wondering and emailing four or five people that they worked with in the past to have to figure out and get the, what they need to do and get their problem solved. that's They're going to be frustrated and, you know, your opportunity for upsell or cross-sell or even a renewal is going to be, you know, less. So, yeah. Um, I yeah, love I that example. The, yeah. Yeah. So.
0: One of the one of the obvious connections I think between customer success and product is is feature requests, and you kind of touched on that at the beginning. Can you tell me how you approach feature requests at Chili Piper right now, and share any improvements that you have planned for the future as well?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um, and I think so. What's nice about this is we're very very agile, um, uh-huh. as I'm sure like most teams try you know try to be or aim to be or, or are, but um, you know we're pushing versions every couple of weeks. And so there's a lot of opportunity to be able to squeeze in a feature here or, you know, if somebody needs something to get done. You know, of course, you have new business stuff that you're going to have people ask for. Um, That's one aspect of it. And, you know, we're involved in that because we're going to be the ones in customer success to help them deploy what it is we build for them. And, you know, nobody wants to build a feature that nobody uses. Um, So, Combination of like managing that aspect of it, but then also listening to the customers, and you know, unfortunately, as the bigger customers, sometimes their voices are going to get heard a little bit more. Maybe not unfortunately, but you know, the little small accounts, their feature requests probably not going to get prioritized as much as the the big, you know, top ten accounts. Um, I think, but that so you got to consider those aspects, and I think that's one of the pieces that I being in the product realm. It really helps you kind of understand how prioritization of the product roadmap works. Mm -hmm. And um, so you also have to consider a lot of different variables, like how many customers will this impact? If I build this one unique feature for this one customer, it's going to solve their case. But is anybody else going to use this? Like what happens if they churn after a year? Then we just have this feature in the app that nobody's using that we've spent a month building and we have to QA and we have to keep testing it before any new release and you know, mm-hmm. so, you know, how many people is it going to impact is a really, really big one. Um, we've, before we we've iterated this process, uh, over and over again, and we were finally getting to somewhere I, I, I like, um, you mm-hmm. know, at first, at first we had a, an air table document where it's just like a spreadsheet where we would write the customer name, the request, the date, the details behind it. And then, you know, maybe something would happen with it. Um, and then we we kind of started saying, okay, well, how can we do this better? That's not really a, a very scalable process. Um, and so one thing we got is uh, we recently purchased a tool called uh, canny.io, which is pretty okay. cool. Um, basically what it is, is customers through their portal can can log in and you know request a feature. But then what's cool about it is other people can go vote on it. I'm sure there's probably a handful of tools out there that do this but um you know i guess we stumbled upon canny is relatively new mm-hmm. um but people can upvote different features and comment on features and our our team can comment on features so um it allows the customers to whatever people are really feeling that they need to get done will kind of bubble up to the top of that request board okay. um and so we can see, hey people really really want this like maybe we should get it done for them you know let's see we were going to do it you know in q4 but let's do it in q2 um so that's really great, and then it also allows you to like, once a feature gets done, you can mark it as completed and it emails everybody who's upvoted. Um, and it's also served as kind of like a, a miniature community for us. So if somebody requests something that we can already do, it's like, hey, you can do this, like this, this, and this. Like, you know, like, oh, cool, awesome. Um, that's one thing I'm in the hunt for. Still, I don't know if you have any good recommendations on it, but um,
0: for for a more robust community.
1: Yeah, exactly. I've been, we've been scoping that for the past couple weeks, months, um, just.
0: Yeah, I mean, I've heard good things about um, what Zendesk can do. And then personally, I've used Salesforce community and that worked pretty well. So, I mean, I think, you mean, it's live advice here. Um, I think stick with the smaller stuff until you really, really need to move to something bigger and more robust, because if the, the smaller tool is working, um, that's a lot less administration for you and for your team. So
1: yeah, exactly.
0: um, don't move until you absolutely have to. <laughs> um, <laughs> so, it's, so it's a how- beast. You're
1: saying it's, it's dangerous yeah. once you're there. It's got a lot yeah. to manage. There's, yeah, there's
0: there's. I mean, so you know how Salesforce is. it's a it's a wonderful tool, but it's a bit of a monster to maintain. And um, you know, if you add communities to that, it just you know it doubles it. So. It's, you know, stick with the small stuff until you need the big stuff, I think. It's just good general advice
1: <laughs>
0: for, for lots of different, for lots of different things.
1: We uh, um, you know what's funny about that is that, you know, Salesforce communities, yes, of course you could, you could use that, but um, yeah. you know, I often hear it because we work with a lot of Salesforce customers and a lot of my yeah. customers and the part out people. And it's, we find people tend to come to us for support with Salesforce because yeah, don't lie. People don't like to go to Salesforce support. They don't get really answers that they want. I don't mean to talk bad about it, but you know that's what I see. People come to us for this type of stuff. But then what I find when I need to answer Salesforce questions is that the, what they have with their community in a sense of like, I can go as an admin and ask a question to a forum and other people can come help me with that. That would be something that I would really love to deploy and kind of our future planning for this to enable kind of a community feel of, hey, help me help you. Um, I'm going to, you know, somebody helps somebody and then some 10 other people can go see it. Um, I think HubSpot and Marketo do this really, really well. Um, They have these public forums people can go access. And, you know, if I have a question about Marketo, I just go Google it and boom, there's a thread on the Marketo Nation. It's like, oh, here's how you do it. So yeah anyways. Have to go off on a tangent. So
0: that's okay. <laughs> what What do you see as the biggest benefits of having a solid feature request loop?
1: I mean, everybody wants to make their customers happy, um, mm-hmm. right? You want to if they're struggling, there's something they have to do that's manual over and over again. Um, you know, biggest benefit. There's a lot of benefits. Um, I wish you could spend all time, all day building features for customers. Of course, you have strategy type of decisions you have to make on the product that, you know, that are not necessarily coming from customers that you know you need to do. But um, the feature request loop, I think being able to decide what's going to be most impactful to the customer base. Because you're ultimately, what you know, if I can't make a customer happy, I don't feel like I could be happy. You know, if they're Mm -hmm. just going to be upset about something that's going to persist as a problem, like it's going to be on my mind, too, because I want to make them as happy as possible. So, you know, maybe this is cliche, but making your customers happy is the biggest benefit, in my opinion. Um, Mm -hmm. So, you know.
0: I think it's also, I mean, along with that, in my opinion, is being able to come back to them with a solid no if it is going to be a no. Um, And doing that quickly so they're not hanging out, kind of waiting for an answer to something and getting more and more frustrated because it's not happening. I think that, you know, in addition to saying yes to stuff, saying no quickly is also a way to make customers more satisfied. They may not be happy that you had to say no, but I think people would rather hear a quick no than a maybe and then it never happens. I don't know. What
1: do you think of that? I don't know. That's a that's a good good conversation because I hate telling people no. I always tell people no. it's like I'm gonna if I if I can't think of a way we don't have a way, I'm gonna hack a way together to do it. Um, and so that of course causes a lot of time. And then you tell customers you're gonna do something, and then yeah, we'll get to it. And then it just, they're just kind of waiting on it. It just kind of goes into limbo. So I think you have a I've I've had some situations where I've kind of asked some stuff for some some you know of our vendors and I've gotten the quick no, mm-hmm. and I almost was just I felt like oh the, it, you kind of get the feeling like they have bigger fish to fry I'm just a small fish in a big pond um, which maybe I am and so that, that that's fair but um,
0: I I guess I maybe I should I should edit what I just said and say. A quick no that's graciously delivered <laughs> with some reasoning behind it. Um, now, you know, that's good. If you can do that yeah. well,
1: you you're you're yeah. gonna be successful in the CS world and a product world. Yeah. Um, yeah.
0: Um, before we continue with the rest of the interview, we're gonna take a quick break for a word from our sponsors. We are excited to announce that Strike Deck Radio was just ranked the number two customer success podcast to listen to in 2020. Thanks to everyone in our audience who has listened, offered us feedback, suggested a guest, or rated our show. We always love those five-star reviews. Thanks also to all of our wonderful guests over the past three years. We'll be hitting the 100-episode milestone later this year, and we'd like to mark that with an extra special guest. If you have a suggestion for who you'd like to hear on our 100th podcast, please reach out to me at kristin at thesuccessleague.io. And now back to today's episode. So let's talk about onboarding a little bit. Um, h- talk about how you automated the process of assigning accounts after a sale is complete. I know that was a part of of what you did um, when you were kind of working with Calendly, too. Um, why is that assignment process important and what tools did you use for that?
1: It's a great question and one that... Um... I'm very, very passionate about because there's a lot of a lot of unique ways you can do it and that I want to do it and that I haven't yet done and that I plan to mm-hmm. do. So um um but there are some that I've done and there it's pretty cool how what we've done. So um, you know, I'd imagine some people have tools that'll automate this, but I imagine there's a big bucket of people as well who yeah you know, when a deal gets closed when an option is closed in Salesforce, some type of task or notification is created that goes out to let's say that the onboarding manager, the customer success leader that, Hey, assign this out to your accounts, you know, somebody needs to be assigned this so they can then reach out and, you know, schedule a call for onboarding or tell them what they need to do for onboarding. Um, And this is also a pretty broad question because there's the whole product driven um, uh, type of business models where you don't necessarily need to have somebody go onboard them. You're trying to get the app to do it all by itself. Um, But we, we don't, we don't live in that world yet. Although we're, you know, we're always trying to think how can we speed up onboarding? How can we make the product more intuitive Uh to do that? So loaded question, but um, in today's world at Chili Piper, we, you know, assign out a customer success manager for every new account. um, So, so that we can basically hold their hand, make sure that they get fully onboarded because of course, if they don't get onboarded in live. There's no way they're going to expand, renew and be an advocate. Um, We find if we, you know, they, they trust us as their resource and they know what we know what we're talking about. And that's why um, you know, we, we work with them very closely during that onboarding cycle. So to be able to assign that to make sure we have the rep to do there, um, the process we used to have is um, an email alert would get sent to me. It says, hey, please assign this account out and you know, meetings all day long. I'd have the the AE slacking me saying, "Hey, can you assign this out?" And yeah. I'm just like, "Dude, can you give me two hours, please?" And uh, like, it's not you know they're not going to null their contract out, you know, if they if they don't get onboarded today. Um, yeah. But you know, sales reps are sales reps, and so you want to be able to you know get that noise out of the way. Um, so what we ended up doing is so cool. how can we how can we automate this assignment of accounts?" And, you know, it's interesting because I saw a customer that wanted to do the same thing and spend about a month or not a month, but a couple of weeks building out a process for them to do what they wanted to do, which then I said, that is brilliant. I'm going to take that idea and do it myself. Um, and it's involving our, our product as well. So um, okay. part of what Chili Piper was originally built for as a, as a company was to help a, like a, a transition or a handoff of a meeting from, let's say, a, an SDR to an AE And you can also be used in a sense of a AE to a CSM Um, to basically book a meeting. But at the same time, when you book the meeting, you can do some automation to be able to assign those accounts out. So what what we do is we, we created different buckets of queues, if you will, in Chili Piper of the, the onboarding buckets. And um, once that op gets closed, one, we basically have our sales reps just compose an email to the client and in that email they click our little chrome extension from Gmail or from Outlook and it'll go look up their data in Salesforce route them to the right queue to go to the right person for onboarding we have some people that you know are better for fit for you know these bigger accounts where some people are going to take a more higher volume of lower smaller accounts and so it'll route them to the right queue of users and then round robin between them and who it's going to be assigned to and then you propose the times in the email you introduce the person and then you know right after that deal is closed one you have sent times and propose them or a link to have a meeting for your first onboarding call, all automated from Chili Piper. And then once you have that, that initial meeting gets, gets booked, we have automation that then goes and writes this data to Salesforce, relates it to a case that we use for tracking updates, the case, changes this account status to onboarding and as sets the case owner to that person who got assigned through Chili Piper. So it's kind of like a, a connection step in between, um, You know, what we're doing in uh, the op gets closed one, instead of me having to go do it, I just said, Hey, I'm gonna go just let my product do it. It it can do this itself. Let's just automate it and take this off my plate. I don't have to get bugged anymore. You just don't have to worry about it. So, um, it's just an easier approach for the customers. So, yeah, it's yeah.
0: So, Gaines, tell me how did the automated assignment process that you just described? Um, streamline the handoffs between customer success and account management. I know it probably improved the speed of the handoff, but have you seen any other benefits from that?
1: For sure. This is a very, very timely question, Kristen, because um, we recently did a swap over from customer success and account management, you know, about in, before July, this past year, 2019, mm-hmm. were we, we basically umbrella everybody within the customer success org. Um, mm-hmm. and then we realized, you know, everybody was just being reactive, reactive, reactive. There's no time to go, uh, try to generate any type of cross-sell activity. Um, you know, you're just basically fighting back your inbox all day long. Um, and mm-hmm. your last podcast or Chris, I think Jennifer from trust radius talks about this really, really yeah. well. Um, so go listen to that if you haven't already. But yeah, so we made the swap and we said, okay, we're going to make the customer success team be more of the operational kind of, you know, we're not at that level yet where we have dedicated onboarding people. Maybe one day we'll get there. But uh, we have these customer success who really are the technical resources. Um, and then we have these account managers who are going to really manage the renewals and the cross-sells and the upsell. And so that gets into an interesting place because we're trying to define, okay, well, what is each person really responsible for? And I think that's a question that, you know, what is the difference between an account manager and a customer success? And so what we've tried to kind of define this as is the customer success person is more for the onboarding and the technical support and you know helping you set up unique use cases, whereas the account manager is more the person who's like your business partner. Um, and it's like helping you strategize and everything. Now we've yeah, you know, having made that switch, do we find that's actually the case? Maybe, maybe not. I think the account managers become you know, people can smell when your goal is to close a deal. (laughs) I I think, I think people know, you know, you're, you just want to talk to me so you can try to sell me something. Um, And so I, we kind of happen to see the customer success, the customers are, the relationship is much stronger with the customer success people. They'll come to us just with questions. And if we go to them with stuff that they're much more willing to kind of respond to us, I guess. And that's a work in progress. But, um, that relationship between account management and customer success, you know, how, at what point do you bring someone in? You know, your, your deal gets closed and then do you start with the account manager? Do you start with the call with the customer success and the account manager? Do you just go right to onboarding? And so, um, and again, this is a process that we're going to probably iterate, uh, just as everything we do—product, customer success, handoff processes. But um, you know, right now it's we're, we're going to we want to make sure we get that account manager who we're, we're trying to be that business partner um, involved with the customer very early on. So um, instead of historically going right into onboarding and just let's go get you live as quickly as possible and get that value or time to value, you know, down as as low as we can get there. Um, Introducing the account manager to have kind of a strategy, like why did you guys, you know, buy buy this product? What are you hoping to achieve? Like, what are the metrics for success? So you kind of set the stage for like, okay, let's think about this tr- strategically, and um, you know, make this relationship good with the account manager so that we know how not only how to onboard you technically, but like, what do we need to be thinking about to recommend you how to do certain things to hit your business objectives. So, um, you know, again, we're still we're still trying to work out all the different kinks there because after we're you now, my goal as a customer success person, a lot of times um, with onboarding is let me get you as live as possible. Teach you everything you need to know so that you know you can go know exactly what you need to do, and you don't necessarily have to call me all the time. Um, if if you need something, like you can you can be self sufficient with it, and that's kind of you know it's hard to scale if people are coming to you all the time with all, you know different things. Like you, you need to be able to teach them and spend the time with them up front to get them up to speed and ready to go. So. Um, that relationship between account management, it's like after the onboarding is complete, having a check-in call after you know 30 days to see how the success has been going. Do we hit those goals? So we've really been able to see that not only were we getting the, the onboardings quick and fast, we're also making sure that everybody involved for that respective customer is uh, up to speed on what they need. There's a relationship there so that if we say, hey, you guys use Chili Pepper for your sales team. Have you thought about using Chili Pepper for your customer success team? That conversation can be a lot easier easier to have than just some person who you've never talked to before who comes, sends you an email and said, hey, let's talk about this. Can we have a meeting? Which, you know, if you don't know that person not responding to it's a lot easier than if you have a good relationship with them. So,
0: yeah. Um, I want to shift gears a little bit. You have a remote team and managing remote employees can be challenging. Um, have you automated any parts of that or have you introduced any new technology that has made that easier for you?
1: a great question the remote stuff is um especially with coronavirus going on these days it's, you know, <laughs> is everybody going to be remote soon my zoom has been uh not working great this week because i heard their servers are just getting pounded with so much traffic um <laughs> so, sure. yeah yeah, yeah just, for the
0: audience we are um recording this during the heat of the coronavirus outbreak in uh 2020 so <laughs> If you're listening to this in the future, this may not make sense, but that's what's going on.
1: Yeah, exactly. So I think that's that question about a remote team. I think it starts with hiring the right people. I think there's a level of trust you have to have with people when you hire them. And, you know, I think we're pretty, yeah, I don't necessarily manage the hiring, but I know that our hiring process is rather difficult to get through. Um, you know, we you have to go through a lot of steps. You have to meet a lot of people. You have to get signed off from a lot of people. And so I think it starts with being able to hire the right people for your team who you can trust. You don't have to worry about them, you know, mm-hmm. just taking a couple hours off to go hang out or do something or go to a bar or something. Like, yeah. I, I don't think I've ever worried about that. Um, and if, if, if it was happening, I would probably figure out pretty quickly. You know, it's, and I think the technology aspect to this is things like Zoom, you know, mm-hmm. I'm not trying to be an ad for Zoom here, but, you know, I probably <laughs> need it with my CS it's team. It's great.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> But there's not a day that it goes by where I don't have a, hey, can you help me solve this problem? Yeah, sure, let's hop on a Zoom. We go through it, screen share, you know, we solve what they need for their customer, and then they go take it back and solve it for the customers. So things like that, being able to see each other, you know, we're very big on turn your video on. Like, let's, we always ask people, hey, can you turn your video on so we can kind of get to know you? I think that's huge. I think that really helps you. Because everybody likes to, doesn't want to be alone all the time, and especially being remote, being able to see your coworkers as well as your customers. Although you're by yourself all day, you're actually seeing people face to face, so it feels like you're you're there with them. So, um, one trust, making right hiring decisions, and then two, you know, just. Video conferencing technology is huge, um, as well as things like Slack, you know, I'm sure about some type of Slack or Microsoft Teams where you can quickly communicate around your team no matter where they are, Um, especially we're fully remote. Like we have people in, I don't know now, 14 different countries all over the world. And we're having conversations back and forth between me and, you know, my CTO in Buenos Aires and we're getting problem solved like that, you know, so. Yeah,
0: that's great. Yep. Um, so you gave a lot of suggestions and um, a lot of examples of things you've done with your team at Chili Piper. If one of our listeners wanted to adopt one or two of those approaches, uh, how would you recommend that they get started?
1: How would they get started with that? So uh, I think one of the things that I've, I've seen a little bit trending in the um, customer success space and it doesn't necessarily, this is going to sound like a sales pitch, and that's not what I'm trying to do. Um, but there's a lot of, uh, scheduling tools out there. And I think automating some of the manual back and forth of your day to day is one of the things I try to do. I try to say, what takes me a long time to do? How can I automate that? How can I automate myself out of a job basically? So I like, I'm going to automate everything about me so I can go spend time on maybe some more strategic items. Um, but you know, a really operation-wise, you I know, mean, I, I work a lot of, with this, a lot of sales ops and rev ops people, and you know, have a can run a pretty good sales f- force uh, process builder, Apex call, or workflow. But um, one thing that you know, being able to one automate your onboarding process and make it as easy as possible for your customer to get the help that they need. The way you can do that is by investing in some type of scheduling technology. There's a lot out there. Um, there's a lot that we'll do what you want. Um, you know, at Chili Pepper. We make we try to make sure everything's tied into Salesforce. So if you're a you know Microsoft Dynamics customer, you may not be a great fit. But we we built the app to kind of tailor to that market, and we see that people are able to get all their meeting data logged into Salesforce all the time, no matter what your meeting is. So. If you have somebody leave who's a customer success manager or you need to see how somebody's onboarding went or what the status of somebody's onboarding is, uh, you can go into the activity history and under the account and you can see every meeting that everybody, that, who they've had that meeting with and who met with them and what was it about. Um that enables somebody to see, okay, well, who did we last talk to? Who do I need to go talk to about this renewal? Who's my admin who I can go ask for the introduction to the decision maker? Um, so being able to do that. And the second part of this, that I think is really, um, you know, that I would adopt and that I found super, super valuable at Chili Piper, especially on the onboarding front is um, utilizing something to track your onboarding. Of course, like you said earlier that, you know, start small and grow on that. Um, mm-hmm. I, I the start small for us is just using a Google doc. You know, I have a template for a Google doc that I'm going to list everything that we're going to do during onboarding. We're going to list all of your goals, all of the POCs, all of your sales stack and, you know, company stack and be able to clearly define, okay, here's everything we're going to do. Let's list them out sequentially. And then we're just going to cross them off one by one. Once we get done with them. Um, what this enables the customer to have is the admin. Who's usually different from the decision maker. If, they need to go, if their boss asks them, hey, what's the status of this onboarding? You can say, oh, here's this Google Doc. Look, we're halfway through. We have these two things to take care of, and then we'll be live and train the users at this date. Um, it also allows people internally and externally, if they need to go back and get information about what did we set up, why did we set it up that way, they can go reference a shared document between the companies to see, okay, well, here's everything we did. You can see who worked on it. Um, you can see what, where we tested it at and all these type of things to be able to you know, have some type of documentation for both teams to reference. I think that's huge. We tried a tool that did that um, a while back. It was an, a tool meant for onboarding. And, you know, they couldn't get me to finish the onboarding. And maybe it was me. But <laughs> of the tool if a, for onboarding? <laughs> yeah, if a tool can not get me to onboard their own tool, then there's something wrong there. And maybe I was overcomplicating it. And it's like, all right, I'm just going to use my Google Doc. It works great. Um, one day we may need something more, uh, yeah. specific, you know, bigger, but I think it, yeah. it, it serves the purpose of what it needs to serve for. So those would be the two.
0: Cool. Um, last question. What do you see as the biggest trend in customer success right now and why?
1: That's, um, I touched on it a little bit before. That's a good question. And there's a lot, there's a couple of them. Um, you probably hear a lot too on the podcast. Um, You know, there's a lot, I'm getting getting a lot of emails from sales reps these days, um, from people trying analytics, NPS scores, uh, you know, being able to track data about your customer's uses to Mm -hmm. define how good they are as a customer. Um, It seems like that's a hot topic at the moment. Mm -hmm. Um, That should be a hot topic. It's probably been a hot topic for a while, but there seems to be a lot of companies popping up left and right for, you know, customer success related stuff, which... It's really great because I you know, I think customers need to get taken care of and there's a lot of room for improvement all around there. So, um, the Trend, I would say that's a trend. Another trend, of course, I see it because I'm a scheduling app, a lot of CS teams are starting to adopt automated scheduling, whether that's a, a link to be able to send to your customers, to be able to book time with you when they need it, or that's some type of handoff process and, S, and the AE who closes the deal is automating the onboarding for or sending the times to meet in an automated fashion, not just listing them one by one um, yeah. in the email after not gets closed one, even you could go a step further hand off from account manager to CS um, for the first like kickoff call, depending on how you have your team set up. So I'm starting to see a lot of that. And there's a lot of one thing I love. It's my favorite use case. I talked about it before, but in app booking, like being able to allow your customers or people on a free trial to be able to immediately schedule an appointment to, you know, convert from a trial user to an upsell. Um, Maybe you have to meet with sales, maybe you meet with customer success, Um, but just making it easy on your customer to get in touch with you. I don't think, uh, you know, there's tools that in-app chat and things like this. I hate my in-app chat if my customers are listening. Um, (laughs) Are you apologizing? Well, because I just get so many of them and I got emails and there's everything everywhere. It's like, okay, well, somebody else can take chat. It's kind of the whole, you know, the, the bystander problem, but um there's a lot of channels, but you know, if I'm not, if it's going to take me a, a couple of hours to respond to something, you know, you're better off just just go ahead and get a time tentatively on the calendar with me. And if I can't get to it before, we'll have this time on the calendar to have a meeting, and I'll help you solve what you want to do. It's not that I'm ignoring you because I don't like you. It's just you know I'm busy, and um, yeah, I think that's a trend I see growing. I think a lot of people are starting to adopt that use case. It's a funny story. I went to my co-founder um, when I first started. Chili Pepper. said, I love this use case. Let's go market this use case. Like People will love this. They'll buy it. It'll be nice and sticky because they'll have their product team involved and they'll have it in the app. And if it's in the app, they don't want to take it out of the app because that's more engineering time. Um, but so it, so I, I suggested this to uh, our co-founder. She goes, okay, I don't know if I, I, I buy that. I don't really think it's that big of a use case. She goes, but go get three customers live with it. And they're telling me that they're successful with it. And then I'll, I'll believe you and we can go market it. So of course, when I get challenged like that, I'm going <laughs> to you know, go, go make that happen. It made, it took a, it took a about six months to make it happen, but it happened. And, you know, I have raving reviews from customers about it. And finally, my, Good. I actually got a message from my co-founder Alina just the other day said, Hey, tell me about how you do this in that booking use case. How, how do you typically go about doing the onboarding for it? So like, cause what she wants to do is make that more um, easy for the customers to do and maybe make, take it a little bit off my plate cause it's rather technical and how we can yeah. make that process easier for like a product manager or an engineer to be able to plug something like show Piper into their, into their platform. Cool. So long winded approach to trends. <laughs> I think data tracking as well as, you know, ease of use for customers to get the help that they need.
0: Very cool. Well, Gaines, I really like your product style approach to customer success problems. Um, thank you for being willing to share the details and results with the audience today. I appreciate you taking the time to be on the podcast.
1: Well, I had a great time talking to you too as well, Kristen. Thank you for, let me talk about these things that I find people, uh, somebody made a post on LinkedIn one time that said, don't ask Gaines about in-app booking unless you have an hour spare. So uh, I hope you do <laughs> the hour and spare.
0: Um. How should somebody get in touch with you if they want to learn more?
1: Uh, LinkedIn is great. Um, okay. Perfect. Me email. Gains at Chili Piper. I'm here help.
0: Okay, awesome. I also want to thank our sponsors, Strike Deck and the Success League. To learn more about Strike Deck, you can visit strikedeck.com and follow Strike Deck on LinkedIn or at Strike Deck on Twitter. To find out more about the Success League, please visit our website, thesuccessleague.io. And follow the Success League on LinkedIn or at TSL Customers on Twitter. To get all of the latest episodes, you can subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher, SoundCloud, anywhere you get your podcasts. And finally, thanks for listening, and we hope you'll join us next time.